It's Arlen. This is a special episode, another special episode of your first million. They're all special, though, if you really think about it. Uh, it is Sunday, June 21st. I just recorded, I mean, seconds ago, pushed the in button uh, on a, an interview with with the founder, Pierre, of Fleeting, F-L-E-E-T-I-N-G, Fleeting. And it's actually... I just realized that. <laughs> I just realized something, and I'm going to just have a moment. So fleeting is called that because it's about uh, co- connecting commercial drivers with on-demand trucking jobs. Okay, so it's in the trucking fleet of trucks, etc. But I, I, I'm such a stickler for. I mean, I'm such a a, a fool for puns and and double entendre. Fleeting is also the reason that I did this interview impromptu because they have. A, a republic.co uh, uh, syndicate, non-accredited raise happening right now. And I think it's going to close soon. And the moment to invest is, is, wait for it, dot, 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 fleeting, fleeting. That's right. My goodness. Okay. Uh, sorry I wasted that uh, minute of your time, but it was glorious for me. Okay. So fleeting, I am an investor in fleeting through the Arlen Was Here Investments uh, uh, Fund. I co-manage that investment with Backstage Capital, have known Pierre for more than two years. We met at a uh, a fireside and Q&A at a place called Company. It's a company called Company in New York. And I just he just stuck out to me so much his questions his 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 way of his way of being was just so incredible. One day I'm going to do a case study on him because so many people ask me what you look for in a founder or what happens in a founder, and he is just such an interesting uh, example of of all the things that that worked uh, in his background. In this interview we just did it's a it's a shorter interview than we've done you know usually, but it's it's it'll give you all the information you need. Right now, as you're listening to the interview, keep playing, right? But jump on your, your phone or jump on your, your laptop or your desktop. Go to republic.co slash fleeting, F-L-E-E-T-I-N-G, republic.co slash fleeting. And depending on when you hear this, hopefully you're, you'll hear it in time, you'll see that they have raised more than $750,000. They have nearly, at this point, it's nearly 3,500 investors. But by the time you look at it, it might be more than that. And this is one of the things I've been talking about when it comes to syndicate investing. This is not a behind closed doors, accredited only uh, opportunity. This is one of our companies that is killing it right now, 3,000% over their minimum goal raise. (laughs) doing a great job, and you want to have, uh, if you want to have, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, a broker-dealer, I'm not a wealth manager, so I'm not telling you what you want. I'm saying if you want to have a piece of this, you can check it out. So uh, the interview tells you all you need to know, really, about fleeting. The, the information on the website tells you all you need to know about fleeting. I would highly recommend you listen to this interview, though, if you've never heard of fleeting or never heard Pierre talk about fleeting, it will cinch the deal. You can invest as little as $100. You're not going to get anything back immediately. It's not going to be for some sort of 
uh, merch or, or, or swag. You're going to own a piece of this company or our future future ownership of this company. So do a lot of research. Um, I will, of course, put this through to the syndicate itself, but it's just something I couldn't let go without letting you know this weekend. It is Father's Day, and Pierre's a father, and you'll hear him talk more about that. Um, and Black Lives Matter, okay? <laughs> and uh, he and I have these amazing conversations about both and about black lives and about black economy and black strength. And he's living proof of it. More than you'll know even from this interview. He is living proof of that. Okay, check it out. And you can thank me later. All right? Cool. Quick note that since launch of the product, Fleeting has done $1.2 million or so in revenue. They did all of that with uh, six customers, uh, trucking customers, you know, and, and, and 26,000 hours clocked in from drivers, 2,000 loads delivered. They now have 19 customers, and uh, it's growing. It's growing. It's growing. I think April had a big pop, they said, and it continues to go, even with COVID. So I just wanted to point that out because I think it was missed in the interview. Also, 71% of goods are moved by trucking. That's what uh, uh, Pierre said. 71% of goods are moved in, in the United States through trucking. 1.2 million revenue, 26,000 driver hours, 2,000 loads. I know you'll ask. Thanks. All right, Pierre. I'm here. Hey, Alan. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm blessed. I'm alive. My children are alive. I mean, it's, it's beautiful to be here. Although the world can look, you know, crazy at times, but just being here alone is, I'm grateful to be here. And it's Father's Day to boot. Yes, it is. Remind <laughs> me again. <laughs> exactly why I need to be here. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah, the world is a is a very crazy place right now. And I guess it always is, but this is something else. Uh, I want to talk to you. This That is why I want to talk to you. And in general, that's why I want to talk to you about your company, Fleeting. I am uh, a current investor in Fleeting. And I um, I remember when, I, when we first met. Do you remember when we first met? Because I do. Yes, I remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we were in New York. So you do you live in New York still or? Yes, I still live in New York City in Brooklyn, New York. Yes, nice. So I was visiting, and I don't remember what year it was. Maybe it was two or three years ago? It was 2018, to be exact. Okay. Yep. And I was doing a fireside and Q&A, and you asked one of the cues. And I remember hearing from you, and one of the things you mentioned was uh, you were you were asking some good questions. You know, you were asking the type of questions that made me understand that we were talking about a really special founder, even Thank in you. that moment. Um, and so, talk a little bit about what Fleeting does and where where you might have been in that moment when we met. Yes. Oh man, absolutely. Um, when we met, I, we was really, really very early on. Um, I think. Um, it was it was a great time because it was um at, actually at that stage I was really understanding how to navigate around the 
tech ecosystem and understand exactly how to ask the right questions to truly understand what is it that I need to do or where do I need to position myself to always be able to, to not only raise capital, but to truly understand how do I build and scale a tech company. So at that stage, you saw me, that was very, very early on. But what we're building at Fleeting, uh, what we are is a marketplace that give motor carriers and shippers access to a pool of CDL truck drivers that can operate their trucks 24 seven around the clock. As we know, um, hiring drivers is not to say that's the problem for trucking companies, but retaining talent is the biggest problem for them. As we understand they're spending between five to $10,000 to hire one CDL driver that can potentially quit within 30 and 90 days. And we understand that that's a lot of money, that's billions of dollars trucking companies are spending every day to kind of attract those talent, but they can't ret retain them. It's a hundred turnover and trucking industry is about 103% for certain companies. So that's a huge problem. So Fleeting is actually helping these companies solve that problem, minimize their recruiting fee and helping with the retain, uh, ret uh, retention problem with their drivers. At the same time, giving truck drivers the ability to work on a schedule that works best for them, allow them to make more money without even owning a truck and allow them to spend quality time with their loved ones. So it's kind of solving two sides of a problem with, um, with one approach. And how does it do that? How does it solve that two-sided problem? Yeah, so how does it solve that? And as we understand is um, building a product is not just solely just building something based on our own understanding. It's first is we have to also understand what is the driver behavior. The driver behavior is that every three to six months, he is jumping from job to job. And the reason for that is he's looking for flexibility. He's looking for either for a company that can pay him a decent wage or he's looking for a company that can provide that flexibility, allow him more time home with his loved one. So for us is we mimicking that driver behavior by giving that driver access to a pool of companies that they can pick and choose and work for, where we're able to create a hub of truckers looking for that flexibility work. And also how that work helped with the trucking companies. If for example, three of their drivers call out or they've realized they have four, five, six of their trucks sitting down underutilized, they can tap into fleeting by booking a driver, minimizing that recruiting fee that they have to pay because all of our drivers already pre-vetted. We check the background check, MVR, um, the previous employer. We make sure they also do a drug screen before they get access on the platform. So for that trucking company, is a one-touch um, solution to solve the problem where they don't have to really run, no money on spending ad, and speaking with hundreds of drivers that would not work out. So they could just tap into us and find those drivers on demand. And you said he a lot. You, what is the percentage? I'm, I'm just curious. What is the percentage of, of women who are truckers? Yes, the percentage, that's very low. And that's actually, that's another thing that Fleety want to say. Although, yeah, I know I said he a lot. But those were the things that we talk about as well. How do we make trucking more appealing to uh, bring more women into the industry, bring more LGBTQ community to the industry, bring more millennials into the industry? So the opportunity is there. But uh, to say that we have exact figure what the percentage for women in the industry is, um, I wouldn't say, I think I have a guess, but I don't want to give the wrong answers, but we would yeah. know um, for, for, um, for sure what is that number, but I can tell you it's very low. Yeah, it's, not it's, probably, in the it's probably less than, than one in 10 at this point. Yes, it, it yeah. definitely less around there. Yeah. But there's actually a lot of other great organizations that's actually pushing for that, empowering more women to get into trucking. Man, even us, we speak to a lot of women truckers as well. And one thing they talk about is, you know, their safety, the way trucks are being built. They even say, you know, they want manufacturers to understand the trucks are built sometimes for men to drive them as far as the length from the steering wheel to the seat. They want to be able to voice their opinion as well as these trucks are being manufactured so they could think about women as well because a lot more women are starting to look at trucking as another way of not just to say looking for a career, but just another way to provide income and actually enjoy to see the country and traveling together with their yeah. partner. 
and we you know we you, we've talked about this for two plus years because as soon as uh we i became an investor i think even before i became an investor because i don't know if we had the money right away but we, we've been we've been having this conversation i thought it was so interesting like one of the things i remember asking you that i thought your answer was so intriguing about was you hear people like andrew yang and others uh who are ringing the alarm and saying that um that truckers and 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 people who do similar jobs are going to be sent sent out of their jobs by robots by autonomous vehicles by this that and the other how does how does fleeting keep up with that or how does it um uh, respond to that yes absolutely i mean uh the reality of um, autonomous trucks we um that's something that we don't want to say that we're ignorant to it we understand how hard the industry is working trying to solve that problem, but we also understand that is a huge weight to lift off, right? First and foremost, as we understand, for autonomous to really take a hold, especially in trucking, like our entire infrastructure will have to change. That's first and foremost. And we're talking about how do we sustain that type of technology? And number two, the approach that I also see that they're going with is not an approach that to say that's totally eliminating truck drivers. So pretty much just saying, yes, the truck can be autonomous, but there's different level of autonomy. And for what they're saying is still, the need of a driver is still there. Even if there was supposed to be a major disruption in autonomous with truck, and I think the percentage that we will see is, is bright, probably I would say around maybe 10% of what we see in trucking that will probably get disrupted by autonomous simply because, and I'm going to give certain, a, a lot of different scenarios. If truck drivers' only job was just to just drive, then we can say, okay, yes, that's a lot easier for these guys to be el uh, eliminated or kind of get pushed out of the equation and autonomous will take care of all of it. But drivers do just more than driving. When a driver gets to a location, he has to speak to the shipper. They have to tell him a door. They have to tell him, okay, can he leave the trailer inside that um, loading door? Should he move it to, uh, to another uh, loading door? Can he leave the head of the tractor while it's being loaded? He has to open the door. He has to slide the tenums on the, tr on the trailers. I know those are technical trucking terms, but these are the things that a driver has to do to make sure that the proper weight of the truck is being distributed. So that's one part of where we're looking at, okay, there will be some t uh, potential challenges with autonomous. Number two, we have the, also the insurance industry is also asking, well, it's already a headache to insure one truck with one driver in it. The industry <laughs> insurance is really saying, okay, well, who is going to insure that much of a risk of a liability? We're talking about 80,000 pounds of weight on a highway with no drivers in it. The insurance industry is also saying, who's gonna insure that? And also number three, the thing that I see is, yes, it can work on a, um, highway level much more kind of like a long distance level as far as the platonic model they talked about is where they can have one driver driving and have five or six trucks following behind but the challenges that i will see that come after that is the last mile right yes they can have supported for the highway but when it comes to the last mile are we going to have the infrastructure to support that so if not then that means they're going to still need if we take a load from jersey to california or california to jersey that means a driver can drive with five trucks following behind. But there will be a meeting point where at least now five additional drivers will have to get in each truck to do the final mile delivery. So even if we see how autonomous commands the part of the industry that can actually potentially be affected, but it's not to say it, it will be a, uh, a huge number enough to say that a lot of truckers will lose their job because there is so much, so many different modes of trucking. Um, we have flatbed, you also have tanker, which is hazardous material. And also, if you look at that on a safety and regulation standpoint, is that, you know, we live in a country where we still always have to worry about terrorism threat and major companies get hacked every day. Could you just imagine a tanker holding 8,000 gallon of jet fuel 
on autonomous, you know, with no drivers in it, that can actually be hacked to create major disasters. So for us, I think, yes, it's okay. We are very aware of the autonomous around trucking, but we understand that we're very far away from that technology. And with still, there's still going to be a need for truck drivers and fleet and still see itself being in the center to provide the drivers to complete those problem miles with autonomous. Incredible. What, what sort of background, I'm asking this, I already know, but I'd love to learn more. What sort of background do you have in trucking? That, that was one of the first things that caught me when you were, when we were talking um, early on was just, you talk about founder, founder product fit. Why do you have such a, a, a broad understanding of this world and also such an empathy for other drivers? Oh, man, <laughs> that question is, you know, for me, all in as uh, you know, um, I'm not sure if we, we talked about that. I was born and raised in Haiti. Right. And I came here when I was 15 years old and I came here with a dream of becoming a doctor. Right. But unfortunately, where in Brooklyn I landed, it was pretty much I would say the right part of the apple. And the norm was, you know, gang violence, drug dealing, you know, seeing young men being murdered at an early age. And I went from dreaming of being a doctor to dreaming, OK, well, how do I stay alive? Am I even going to be able to become a doctor here? So trucking was a way for me to get out of that community. I said, okay, well, maybe I just become a truck driver and escape here, you know, and don't come back. And as I graduated high school, I remember um, I studied electrical engineering for about a year and financially things were a little hard. So I decided to drop out of college and officially become a truck driver. So I worked at XPO Logistics and worked at a, um, another food company. And at that food company, I was doing deliveries to the same school that I was going to. And it was kind of like a shame sometimes. And I used to try to get in and get out. They didn't want nobody to see me. And one day my professor had ran into me and he said, Pierre, what's the matter? Why is you rushing? I said, well, you know, I dropped out of college to become a truck driver. I didn't want to look like a loser. He said, well, how much are you making a year? I said, I was doing about 90K a year. He said, well, Pierre, half of these kids is going to graduate and not going to see 90K. So I want you to own it be prideful and be the best trucker you can be. And that message really resonated with me. A year later, I purchased my own truck, became an owner operator, really learning a lot. Really like the passion was, although it was something that I chose because it was a way for me to kind of escape my reality at the time, but it was something I ended up really falling in love with the passion of being a trucker, of being able to have that freedom. But at the same time, I was also experiencing all the pain points and being a truck driver. That resulted in me getting a divorce because I'm never at home always, you know, on the road and always kind of getting stuck with dispatchers, right? And even also after owning my first truck, I built a staffing agency and also built a trucking company. So I also understand the pain on running operation as well. When you own the trucks and you have loads, you have shipments that you have to deliver and you have your drivers that have, you know, personal days off, they have things in their family, you know, they're asking and then you still have a commitment or a duty to deliver these loads. So I understand the pain on both sides as being a driver, as running the operation. So for me, I think, and seeing other companies also seeing, let's say, you know, the Uber freight of the world, the convoys, you know, that actually provide um, values to a lot of shippers by allowing them to move their loads a lot more efficient by connecting them with a, a flux of drivers. But for me, I mean, those drivers are drivers that own their own trucks, but I didn't see no company doing something where they was actually speaking directly to the driver's pain point. I didn't see anything that was actually speaking directly to a trucking company's pain point where these trucking companies have high insurance costs you know, and, you know, the, the cost of retaining drivers is very high. So I didn't see no companies building anything to solve that problem. And I just felt like it was my duty to, to be the uh, company to go and say, hey, you know, how can we solve this problem? Because I've been part of it. I've experienced it and I've learned from it from so many different angles. And just know that there's a lot of, there's millions of drivers going through that same pain point every day. 
there's hundreds of thousands of trucking companies going through those same problems through every day. So this is where the passion came from, where I felt like it's my duty to be able to bring a solution to market. Mm. And that you have, I mean, you have really brought it. I, I remember it was, it was an idea. You had, you had some traction though, early on, even without like any outside funding. And it was just so impressive. You are uh, capital efficient. You, you make things happen with resources that you have. And now um, after uh, just kind of sticking with it, you are bringing in more and more capital. Uh, so thank you for that on the, from the investor hat side. <laughs> um, but um, talk about, this is what's exciting. And I would have done a, a little bit of an intro to let everybody know why we're in the title of this episode to let everyone know why I'm so excited about this, but talk a little bit about how your crowdfunding crowd equity funding round is going right now. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, the crowd um, equity on Republic is actually going pretty well. And the reason we decided to do the crowdfunding was also because as we paid attention, I understand that, okay, well, we're building something where we want truck drivers to be part of that community. We want trucking companies to be part of that community. Also, how can they help become part of that? Although we know that they, they wanted to participate in investing, but the check size that they probably would be able to offer wouldn't make sense. So we said, okay, well, we can open it up on Republic for do a $25,000, $50,000 round, allow small shippers, small trucking companies, or truck drivers the early opportunity to buy into the company. And, you know, we launched that in February. And now, I mean, I think we almost, uh, we just passed over 750K. Uh, yeah. Republic um, yeah. came back and asked to extend around. A lot of people are interested in opportunity. A lot of people see the value, and especially with um, what we just seen, what happened with COVID-19. I think that was a way of also of showing to the American um, to the American people that trucking is a backbone of this economy. You know, if we don't have trucking, everything literally stopped because when COVID really was taking a, a hole, you know, there was nothing else moving but transportation. And those trucking companies, those truck drivers, regardless of how bad it was outside, they still had to go out there and deliver and do what was best for our, for, for our nation. Although we was in the midst of the chaos, they was putting themselves at risk. So that's just to show how the country depended on trucking. So we understand that 71% of everything that's moved across America, uh, North America, are moved by truck drivers. So I think that's what, what happened. The public is really seeing it. They understand the problem that we're solving. A lot of people know, happen to just know somebody that know a truck driver. You understand? And they kind of also relate easily to the pain point that we talked about in the crowd, um, crowdfunding campaign. So I think this is what, what's happening now, the messaging, the solution, the way we're approaching the problem and approaching the way we're solving it. I think it becomes very attractive to a lot of investors, to a lot of even potential truck drivers that's on, that on, um, that's on the platform as well. Yes, and I, I noticed that it hit the 750K mark and more than 3,000 people have invested. And that is what we talk about a lot on the syndicate. It's backstagecrowd.com. We have a, an accredited version and a non-accredited version. I'm doing the best I can and a lot of people are doing the best they can to make the accredited status change. But in the meantime, right now, until you reach, what is that? 1,070,000, I think is the total, but who knows when, when you'll decide to bring it down. It's hot, right? Right now you yes. can get in for a hundred. What's the minimum? What's the minimum on Republic? For minimum, you? Is, uh, minimum is a hundred dollars. A hundred dollars. So someone right now, and this is for anybody who doesn't know, this is not um, what you might be used to where it is. You get some sort of uh, t-shirt or a button or something, which is fantastic in exchange. And you're sort of just getting things going. This is more like you, you have ownership in this company. Yes, yeah. absolutely. 
And that's what we want. We want, and this is what we want. We want to build this company around communities. We also understand it's just like in trucking. It takes both parties to mingle. It takes the trucking companies to be able to communicate efficiently with the truck drivers to make everything work. And also everyone that invests, if you look at it on a consumer side, is that we consume every day. We go into the supermarket and buying the milk. We go into the supermarket and getting the beverages. We go in and get the beds, the TV, all those things that we're consuming by investing in fleeting, you're pretty much investing into the things that you're already consuming every day because the truck driver is going to bring it to you. So by mm. you investing into that company, you're also investing into what everybody else is consuming because mm. regardless of what, you still need a truck driver to bring it to the final destination. As you can see, Arlen, let me stress this. We have stuff that come here on the ship. The ship does not pull up on your, on your block and do a delivery. A truck driver has to bring it. We have stuff that come on the plane. A plane don't land on your block and bring you the good. A truck bring it to the final mile for you. So if we understand that, that means the truck, the truck drivers plays a very important role in our day-to-day -day lives. So by you investing into fleeting, you're actually investing into something that the entire country desperately uses and needs every day. Well, fantastic. I mean, I, I wanted to keep this short and sweet because I wanted to get this up as soon as possible so people have a chance to jump on because I know it's going to most likely fill up soon. There is a legal limit that you can do. And then also, you, you got things to do. You're out there working. So who knows, you know, how long there is. So I just want to give everybody a chance. Um, we are backstage. I personally, we're all going to be um, making sure to participate in this crowdfunding uh, uh, option and right alongside everybody else because we like I said on the backstage crowd uh, FAQs and everything else I will not send you somewhere if I'm not participating myself that doesn't make sense so we're already invested in it uh, and con will continue to be um, Pierre anything else you want to make sure everybody knows whether you're talking to someone who's just getting to know about trucking uh, and is not an investor to someone who's listening. We have a very broad um, audience. Maybe there's someone who is who works at a fund uh, uh, and is very interested in, in, in getting to know more. What, what because you are out there right now on a um, what is it a um, general solicitation? You can talk a little bit about that. How do people get in touch with you, or get in touch with the company if they have uh, questions about about the company itself? Yes, absolutely. Um, before I answer that question, I just want to share something out real quick, Arlen, about the power of the crowdfunding and the syndicate. Um, we did an interview with Neil Patel, you know, about two weeks ago on his Angel and uh, Entrepreneur Network, and that alone has bought in 500K within the past two weeks, right? So I think, you know, what you're doing as well, having that syndicate is truly important because um, too often uh, people don't know about these deals and they want to participate in them and usually happen beyond closed doors. So being able to bring a group of people together to participate in those deals, I think is very important and it's allow us to really um, close a lot faster on our round. But yeah. um, to answer the second question, yes, um, I can be reached. Um, is it okay to kind of give my email address, my social media? You probably, social media is going to be better for you because people, are, let me tell you from experience, <laughs> they're going to come after you. So <laughs> you're going to do social media. And then if, if and now I'm going to answer my own question a little bit first is if there are any investors who are interested, especially if you're in the syndicate already and you're accredited um, and you're, you're interested to learn more, come to me. Uh, I have a couple of ideas. So come to me. Uh, go ahead, Pierre. How do people find you and learn more about you on social? Yes, um, they can find me on Instagram at Pierre underscore Laguerre 5 and also on Twitter at Pierre Laguerre 5 and on LinkedIn um, is Pierre Laguerre. So I will repeat, on Instagram is Pierre underscore Laguerre 5. On Twitter is at Pierre Laguerre 5 and on LinkedIn is just Pierre Laguerre. And also just want to stress one thing. I know um, to a, uh, a lot of time, probably investors want to understand a little bit more about the trucking industry and 
What I want to make clear is, although we hear um, the Convoys, Transfix, or other companies in this space, I just want to stress that trucking industry is the $800 billion industry. There's no such thing as one player taking all in trucking, and it's very fragmented. There's an opportunity for every trucking company to control uh, a large percent of market share. And I just want to kind of give a quick example. Um, CH Robinson, which is one of the largest companies when it comes to digital brokers, um, those are the companies that compare directly, that are competing directly with Uber Freight. C.H. Robinson is, although they're doing $16 billion in annual sales, they only have 3% of an $800 billion industry. And that's the end. We're talking about industry could be up to um, $1 trillion industry in the next couple of years. So I just want investors to understand that trucking is huge, very fragmented. There's a lot of opportunities there. Don't just group everything into one. Um, and I think it's very, it's very important to understand the different aspect of transportation and different aspect of where all the pain points all are. Because it's not every company that's addressing all pain point in trucking. It's kind of like every company have their own specific pain point where they're targeting the industry and it's about kind of going for their target market share. So I just want to say that trucking, um, the industry, it is a very um, interesting industry. We're still very integrated and it's open for disruption. So mm -hmm. I think it's a use space that everyone should really pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And fleeting, fleeting itself, what, is the, what are the social handles for fleeting the company itself? Yes, yes. Social handle for fleeting is um, drive fleeting. Um, that's, uh, that's the same thing on uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter is drive fleeting. Excellent. Excellent. So listen, I have a little bit of a note. You, you tell me if I'm wrong about this. What I imagine is, or what I think is going to happen is you have about a 250 to $300 average investment based on what I'm looking at on, or on Republic per person. You, there's about 250,000 uh, uh, remaining. I think that a couple hundred people just from this podcast episode alone are going to pop in and check it out, like uh, invest, and maybe a lot more will check it out. Um, I, I kind of want to say if you're a big fund, I know you're going to be tempted to jump in and take the rest of this. Let the, let the non-accredited people have a chance here because, you know, that would have been me five years ago. And that's a lot of people that uh, are, are making under 200,000. Um, just for if you're listening to this, you know, I just kind of think there's so many people who are going to be interested and they're like, yeah, I want to put my 100 down. I want to put my 500 down. I, I, I can't wait to see this filled up to the brim with investors that uh put in 200 300 000. that's just my personal opinion but you know you know pierre may have a different opinion <laughs> no I, absolutely i mean uh, i think that's the same way as well uh, i mean i'm not against that i think that's actually fair and that's the reason why we decided to open it up on uh, republic and we wanted to give you know early um truck drivers early people part of the community the opportunity to invest and also let me just say one thing as well to arlen is that you know, investing in fleeting, you're just not investing into peer or you're not just investing into an idea. You're actually investing into a community. Um, our end goal is bigger than, yes, we, of course, we want to build a multi-billion gigantic company and bring a great return for all of our investors. But also, if you kind of look of my history, um, where I came from as well, where I grew up in, and, you know, the, the, the type of things that I've seen as a young man, um, I'm much more passionate about being able to be in a position to go back and help these young men to change their life, to change their way of thinking. What is it that they can do in a life that's different? So by investing in fleeting, you guys are investing into a community. You guys are investing into us empowering each other to be better, to, you know, to keep pushing, to keep thriving. So for me, this is where the passion really comes in. It's not just for the money. I will do this for free. 
if I have to, because I know uh, for some strange reasons, I would not be able to live with myself if I don't solve this problem. So I just wanted to stress that, like, you know, investing in fleet and you're actually investing in the community. And if we look at it this way, um, and I'm gonna always going to keep saying this, you invest in me because you believed in me. What that ended up doing is you allow me to believe in somebody else. By believing in that one person, I could change that person's life. I could change his family. That could change what block. That could end up changing the community. And that ended up changing the city. And that could change the entire country. So I think that's the way we have to kind of look at it when you invest in fleeting. It's not just say, hey, look, here's a good idea that I could make some money on, but also the, central, the social impact beyond fleeting, what we really want to achieve is bigger than um, the financial gain. Thank you so much, Pierre. I am so excited for people to get to hear this and we're gonna make sure that they hear it immediately. Thank you, I really appreciate it, Arlen. Really appreciate you as well for being a champion. You've always been there and great partners. It's great to have partners like you that believe in founders, that push the founders you know, to do better. And I think we've been able to learn a lot from you too as well. So we will ask that as a founder, you know, don't stop what you're doing. Keep being a voice for us sometimes because there's things that you know you say that we may be not in a position to say because we're mm. fear of the repercussion but mm. we've seen how you take the risk all the time by putting yourself out there for us and that's a huge sacrifice and we should um recognize that and really be appreciative to you for really taking those stands it means a lot to us and we owe you for that thank you thank you i appreciate that you owe me nothing you've 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 over delivered <laughs> already thank you no Bye thank here. you thank you all appreciate it